All right, Jonathan, welcome back to another one. Good morning, Rory. How's things? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Nice and fresh. Monday, ready to go. Nice and fresh. Yeah. Finally, <laughs> finally got back around to the old schedule after, what, like six weeks, seven weeks? Yeah, yeah. There's been illnesses and uh, everything else got in the way. So any, you know, anyone that's avid listeners, we, we do apologize. It's been a little bit scatty, but um, we're, we're back to our usual uh, Monday, Wednesdays now, guys. So, um, yeah, thanks for your patience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Just, while, just while we're back to normal, markets seem to be back to their old yeah. shit again. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like it's last week was a crazy week um, and it needed that kind of that it needed that. And I think we're going to see some clear direction now. I genuinely do. I think we're obviously we've got a quiet week in, in, in the economic calendar this week. There's not a whole lot going on. I think this will allow the dust to settle on all of last week's data and we'll actually see a bit more clear direction in the markets now. Um, so I don't like, I'm actually kind of happy that we're going to get a, get a quiet week now and, and we can slowly start to see, you know, things change. We're already seeing it already. I mean, like dollar, for instance, I mean, obviously dollars dropped off a cliff. Um, it now looks like, you know, it, it's going to be a no go with interest rates, obviously, mm-hmm. um, jobs cooling and everything else. I mean, we've seen instant impact through, throughout obviously just, um, stocks and obviously us indices and so on. Um, and this could just be, you know, that change that we kind of needed. It was, it was, I, I genuinely do. I think, you know, that I think dollar was just on a run that was never going to sustain above 107. And that was always my, my top marker. We really was 107. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's finally, you know, it's finally now falling off to, to probably back to where it should be going, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I still think, you know, if we were looking at the equity market from last week, looking at the S&P, I mean, we've seen, what, what did I say it was? Was it four? Yeah, one, two, three. Yeah, every day last week, it gapped up higher and remained higher. And for me, that's not on. That's that's not bullish momentum. That's that's a reversal. or that, You know, that's just a correction. Um, I just don't think that that's how, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I've seen Adam put a comment in the um in the app earlier saying that this is a, is this a bottom and usually a bottom is um it's very hard to define what a bottom is but i yeah. think that that's too aggressive for a bottom if that makes sense you yeah. usually if you go back to 07 if you go back to 2020 you see a lot of um you see a lot of movement around the bottom you see you see a lot of buying and selling a bit of range playing and then you see a final bit of a breakout you know what i mean we just seen a clear rally down to 4100 there and now a straight 90 degree angle all the way back up to 4400 I mean, I just don't think that that's really a case for the start of a new bull market. I think that that's going to be sold quite quick, and and we could come back down again. I think that's kind of a reaction. Yeah, I rather than a... I I think I think it's just a reaction. I I don't think it's it's a change in anything. I mean, if you're looking at the S and P and you look at it on a weekly chart, if you have it there in front of you, I'm sure some people might when they're listening to this. But if you go back to around February 2022, or sorry, March 2022, 7th and 14th of March 2022. Uh, particularly the 14th of March 2022, you'll see that huge weekly candle that just goes straight up through the roof. Then we see another two weeks after that, all the way up to 4,600. And then from there, that's when we see the the run all the way down to nearly 3,500. You know, and we've seen that huge, strong week. And everybody probably thought there, geez, you know, this is just after the Russian-Ukraine war, remember? extension, we're going to see a continued further upside from there. Absolutely. Yeah, everybody said, oh, this is just after the war. You know, it's calmed down, it's settled down. It's not going to escalate any further. Oil prices are now on their way back down. This is it. It was just a small pullback. Let's get involved again. Whereas if you got involved there, you got absolutely fucking shafted. 
So it, it wasn't the place to be. It looked like it at the time, but it wasn't. And you have to approach it with caution. And I think now you have to do the same thing. If you take the 2022 high there, 4,800, and then you take the recent high there of um, you know August of 4,600, we didn't get above that. And we are now starting to still trend lower. And I think that this is just another rally within that sort of um, correction phase. That's all I think it is. Now, I'm not saying that with 100% certainty, but I'm definitely saying it with caution. Yeah, look, I mean, it, it's hard to say. It's, it, I don't think we're in a in a position that anyone has a crystal ball with yeah. with this at the moment. I think, and that's why I say to you, like, I'm kind of happy with we're, we're going to get a quiet day this week. Or, um, you know, quite a few days, should I say? Um, mm-hmm. it might just give us a bit more sense of what's actually going on rather than what's reacting around, you know, information that's coming out. So we might we might see a bit more um, directional moves. Um, but I agree. Um. But just you know, look at look at all of the yeah. the US indices, but just mm-hmm. especially off the back of dollar weakness that this that just took off. It just shows you that. But is do you think maybe sentiment is changing? I I don't think so. I think you know what what we were running with for such a long time, Jonathan was you know bad data was good data because the most concerned narrative in the market was higher interest rates, and that and that's the most you know. Um, that's just the most the biggest concern to most investors was higher interest rates. So therefore, bad data equaled good news, if that makes sense. That if we seen bad data, it meant we weren't going to get higher interest rates and that was going to be positive for stocks. And that was a very that was like walking on a tightrope. That was a very, very fine line. And I think now that that rope's starting to loosen up a bit and people are going to fall off it very, very quick. I mean, I put a post up there on the 5th a couple of days ago. Last week, of the 24 major... Um, pieces of data that came out, only six of them actually beat estimates. You know, so so that that's not great. Was it six? Yeah, two, four, six. And the rest of them all missed lower. So that goes with the narrative that bad news equals good news. But now are we in so much of a bad news that it actually is bad news? And that's the thing I think you have to start asking yourself the question. Yes, interest rates maybe may have seen their peak. And Instead of July 2025 or 2024, they're now expecting a cut in May 2024, so they're bringing it forward a bit. And while that may be bullish and, and dovish for US dollar, it's not bullish for, for equity markets, I think, really. You know, when you're seeing bad news coming out about an economy like that, when you're seeing poor economic data, that's not good news for an economy. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and now you have to think, well, how long is this bad news going to go on for? How deep can the bad news go? How yeah. far will it go? Yeah, I mean, clearly that's, the move is off the back of this dollar weakness i mean mm-hmm. people have just moved their money out of dollar they've, they've seen you know it, I, and again it's, it's it's purely based on like you say the interest rates i mean where whether that's a positive signal for the long-term future of stocks mm-hmm. I, I don't I definitely don't think that's the case yeah and i mean one thing as well you can't forget about the bond market you know we've seen yields in the 10 years up there you know five percent that was two decade highs you know the last time we seen yields up there was 2007 you know so if you bought a 10-year in 2007, all right, 2008, you bought a 10-year and yield 5%, that obviously then matured in 2017. So you still went over six years without seeing that um, that high yield. And it's not something that, you know, you were used to for the last six years. And now all of a sudden that 10 years now um, yielding over 5%. Yeah. Would you go back in and start buying that bond? Of course you would. And that's where a lot of money was moved to. So when we see money going, money going into bonds, we see yields drop. And then when yields drop, that obviously brings the implied interest rates down. And when yields drop, then that obviously helps equity markets too. And, and that's really just all we've seen. You know, a lot of money moving into bonds. And then from there, we've seen a lot of money moving into equities. That's pretty much, I think, how, how, how it panned out. Yeah, yeah, agree. You know, agreed. and now we're seeing the bad data coming out. 
is it going to be the start of further downturn? Who knows? Let's let's stay tuned and see. Yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah. I, I definitely think this is, you know, there was going to have to be a tipping point at some stage. I mean, we've been speaking about this, Rory, for, which is, I don't know how long we've been speaking about, I mean, when this what, is going to happen. But, what, are the, uh, what are the say? Be, who, who said it? Um, did Michael Burry say the big short or something that um, I'm not wrong, I'm just early? And your guy yeah. says, it's the same thing. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. I'm not. I'm not wrong. I'm just early. Same thing. <laughs> you know? and, and it is. I remember the first time I watched it. I was like, "No, it's not. It's not the same thing." And then you realize it is the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. You know, that's our excuse anyway. Um, <laughs> what would we know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, let's have a quick look at some commodities. Um, obviously, oil uh, eighty eighty level seems to be holding strong at the moment. Um, obviously, we. we certainly seen price in a, in a pretty firm downtrend at the moment mm-hmm. um we've seen a slight bounce this morning and that's really uh, i think that's that's just a slight correction before we see again further downside i don't think there's anything really that they're, they're talking about holding off on on supply and so on but yeah is that enough to to really boost oil at the moment i'm not so sure look they can talk they can talk about it but they need to act you know markets i think there's too much going on in the markets now for um people to believe words i think they want to see actions um you know we're probably seeing that bit of a bounce today coming off the weaker dollar of last week you know a lot of people are probably going in um pretty attractive price and you know remember what i alluded to last week in the podcast or, or two weeks ago you know who are the main participants of the oil market you know it's not people like you and me who are speculative traders it's actual um end users of oil products so when they see oil down at you know around this 80 80 dollars a barrel and i mean that's the that's the cheapest from you know the beginning of september they probably want to lock into that price and say well we'll, we'll take that for the rest of the winter yeah. so you're going you're going to see a bit of buying you've seen a bit of weak dollar Let's see what continues out of it. Coming into winter time, I mean, you're always going to see a bit more demand for those products, you know, heat and oil, things like that. Let's see. You may see some consolidation around kind of 84, 80. I, th- I, th- I think that 80 level is going to hold for a while, un- unless we start to see something to do with, you know, demand. It sounds obvious, but something to do with demand or supply. And, you know, if, unless we see um, very weak data coming out of China and very weak data coming out of the US continued and recession fears unlocked, or we also see um, escalation then or something happening. You know, I think that's how we have to look at it. I think that's um, it's going to be more macro driven than anything. That sure. Um, I know you put some analysis out on gold. Um, I'll let you take over gold. Mm-hmm. Look, I mean, we've seen gold up at two thousand. There, um, sorry, we've seen gold up at two thousand. Um, after that strong rally, as I said, if it doesn't break two thousand this time, it'll never break through. So, what better excuse than last week? You know, off um, Dixie dropping from one hundred seven down to below one hundred five. You know, if you're seeing such a weak, um, seeing such a weak dollar, why wouldn't you expect some some movement into gold? Well, you might expect some movement into gold, and it never occurred. Yeah. So, if it's never going to occur last week, it's just not going to occur. And I think, I think the sellers are being stubborn, or sorry, the buyers are being stubborn and not selling, and the sellers don't want to be involved. I think that's all it is. Um, I just, yeah. don't, I, I don't think the buyer, the buyers have no have no balls, let's say, to get it above two thousand. But the sellers certainly don't want to be involved. I think value. In, in positioning, right? You you want to see value in a position, and it's hard to see value in a position right now in gold. Uh, and and that's that's key for me. But where are you right. gonna where are you gonna take it? You're go, you're gonna take it at most down to nineteen hundred. And how long is it gonna take to get there? Yeah, that's that's the thing. And you know you're fighting against a very stubborn crowd of buyers. So yeah. instead of sitting there trying to short gold, just move somewhere else and short the dollar. 
you know, it's it's simple or just, you know, start buying bonds again and, and or, you know, looking to buy volatility, something like that. There's a lot of other, there's a lot more trades out there for institutional um, investors than gold. And I think that's maybe worth shining through from. Absolutely. Um, let's have a look at obviously we've kind of touched upon it, but, you know, obviously the dollars really fell off. It's, it's now below 105. We're seeing, the, you know, the effects of that throughout the, the pairs, euro, dollar, pound, dollar, dollar, yen and so on. <laughs> you know, we're, we're seeing some some pretty strong levels close to pretty some pretty strong levels there and some of the crosses as well um we're finally seeing a kind of breakout of that you know that it, what has been now probably somewhere around three weeks of kind of sideways trading as well um but we, we're finally seeing a breakout now do you think again we, we may see further strength throughout some of the pairs against the dollar I mean, we we could see further strength. I mean, I'm just looking at dollar chart, and I think it's you. Know, we're probably going to see a move down to around 104 now. But again, that all just depends on what the rhetoric of the FOMC is going to be. Um, later this week, you know, we see Jerome Powell speaking. I think it's on Wednesday and Thursday or Tuesday and Wednesday, both days. You know, so we're going to look for any hints there. But there's probably not going to be a whole lot to give away. But I mean, we've seen it happening many times before, where, um traders are trying to imply the rates and they're trying to bring cuts closer and closer to the current time. And that's what they're really trying to do. And then when we get closer to that current, when we get closer to that time, T, the rates then seem to be pushed further and further back. It it just seems to be that um back and forth motion between rates are going to be cut and rates aren't going to be cut. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I think that's what that's what drove dollar strong initially the last time. Do you think we're going to see a break above that 107, 108? Well, if we see 104 hold, then we might. But again, how much more hikes are the are the FOMC going to need to control inflation? Probably not too much. Um, what else is going to be sustaining there? Are we going to see a further reduction of the balance sheet? Potentially not, because we can already see the bond market doing that, you know, for the FOMC. So we're seeing a lot of these things coming into play that don't really necessarily support a higher dollar, and um, to be honest. But we're also seeing some evidence of potential stronger yen, stronger pound, you know, stronger yen from the yield curve, stronger pound uh, coming in from um, higher inflation in the UK and potential of higher rates needed there too. Euro USD is probably a bit of a funny one, to be honest. You know, Euro's kind of in a similar situation to the US. They don't necessarily need more interest rates and hikes, more interest rate hikes on the table. However, they are known to be prone to over tightening. So it could be something you might see. Um, but we just have to see how that works out. Again, their economies in a similar situation. A lot of PMIs reporting lower. Sure. Um, and obviously anyone listening to the last podcast, they they they'd know that you're in that dolly yen trade as uh we're kind of closing up that 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 podcast maybe give us some intel in terms of where you are with that trade at the moment yep so that trade's um obviously now closed out i mean i just started to see i took that trade what was it 152 151.40 i got in that so it did need a bit of a big stop loss in that it ran all the way up and you even you said are you sure about this are you sure i was like I'm, I'm pretty confident about this and then on friday we started to see that move you know, really working um lower. So I got involved in that on the Tuesday or the Wednesday. It was, and then obviously Thursday, Friday, started moving lower and really just before the end of closing Friday, um, got out of that at around 149.40 um, level. So pretty close to where price is now, pretty close to where the bottom was. And you can kind of just see the support that was coming in at 149. And I just knew that it was starting to lose the momentum. Um, I was expecting when we seen that sell-off that we were going to see... um 
that we were going to see a lot stronger price action, maybe a clean run through 149 in the same day. And because we didn't see that, and we seen that gradual offtake, I knew that the Bank of Japan would sort of be like, well, well, let's hold off for another couple of days before we mention anything or before we do anything. I just thought, let's get out of it. But there could be still some positions there for a short position on, on dollar yen, especially if we're seeing that weak dollar coming back. And when, at what point would you look to reassess and maybe look to get back into a trade at what level? I mean, around now, to be quite honest. Yeah, that, now, sort of, really, yeah. that, that 149.60 level looks quite good. You know, with that 150, you know, we could see a bit of a retest of 150 today. That probably would be then um, a good position to start looking at short. But then we do have, you know, on the daily chart, we do have that 50 MA around that 148.60. So again, some technicals are going to play a part here unless we see an intervention. And, you know, it's not really of high interest for the bank. Well, it is of high interest, but it's not really what the Bank of Japan want to do is to get involved and intervene in the FX market. You know, it's not a good thing. It costs a lot of money to do it. And, you know, they're not going to do it for the crack. They're not going to do it because they want to. So if price is able to sustain below that 150 level, they're going to hold out for as long as they can, you know, before they intervene. So don't think because it's hovering around 150 that they're going to do anything. Yeah, yeah. I, you know? I unfortunately didn't get that into that trade in the end. Yeah, I was actually waiting for about that one kind of 150, 190 level. Um, and just didn't have the balls to get in. It was already yeah. muted. Yeah. <laughs> <Quite simply>. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you just need to take it and go. Yeah, exactly. Um, what about some of the some of the other pairs? Uh, any what do you think? Aussie dollar, dollar oh, cad. Any... Yeah, see, Aussie dollar has been I haven't looked at it in the last two days because I'm not sure if anybody uses trading view, but it just keeps deleting pairs day by day by day by day. And right? I yeah, and, and now my list has went from like you know, I had about 60 or 70 things. Now my list all split into equities, commodities, uh, FX pairs, and now it's been shrunk away down into, into nearly nothing. So well, you have to get that pro back again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm not he's I'm not shaking his head. Uh, Anyone who can't see Rory, he's yeah. just saying no. No, I'm not. Uh, they can sponsor me for it, but I'm not paying it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't mind typing that in on the top. I mean, you know, we seen we seen last week. Um, funny enough, I, I did just look at it on Friday, and we seen that sort of price heading up to around you know that sixty five cents a level. I think I like that level. You you like that level, but if you look before, you know, you look all the way back to August, we've seen it many times where it's poked its head above there or tried to poke its head and hasn't been able to um, stay above. If we do find support there, then we obviously see resistance there at 66 again. Yeah. But again, for that further upside in Aussie dollar, we're going to need to see that strength either coming out of Australia, uh, we're either going to need to see um, metal prices increase, we're either going to need to see data in China um, a lot better than expected to see the exports from Australia rise. We're going to need to see some some sort of catalyst like that, I think, to see yeah. price move higher. Um, I think just US dollar weakness on its own isn't going to be enough to take that above 66, 68 sort of level. Sure, sure. Um, we've seen a pretty big move in dollar CAD as well. Yeah, seen a big move in dollar CAD. I mean, a lot of that's obviously coming off um, what we're seeing, strong dollar weak oil. You know, so that was that was always going to be the move there. Any sort of shorts from that 139 was going to pay off quite well. Again, starting to see some support again coming around that 136 level, 137. You know, are we going to get below that and, and continue to move lower? Let's see what happens to the price of oil in the next couple of days. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, it's so important to understand the kind of correlations between some of the FX pairs and commodities. It's it's really key. You know, mm -hmm. um, might even be worth doing something actually in app in around that, maybe a bit more. Yeah. Exactly. Understand the, the effects. Mm -hmm. Um. So any. So tell me any. <laughs> to do this to you now and again, but any 
what I guess if you're going to say there's one trade that I'm really looking at and I'm really positive around, what what would you be looking at? <laughs> Probably none. <laughs> I think I th- I think you know one trade that I was you know quite positive around looking at soon, and it's a trade that nobody's going to get involved in, and no one understand. And a lot of people probably think you can't even trade it, but it's probably looking to try and be long volatility, and and that's probably one I think we could start to see some volatility coming back into the market once again. And you know people do trade the VIX, you know, which is known as the fear index or the volatility S and P, whatever you want to know it as. I think we could start to see some volatility coming back into the markets. I think we're starting to see some catalyst revving up. We're starting to see some data turning. You know, we're starting to see tensions in the world as well, starting to crave in. Earnings as well are starting to finish up. Let's see what happens coming into Christmas. And I think what that really allows for is maybe potential some options trades, but also allows potential of even some really good equity trades, some FX trades um, that allow to see those levels that were maybe over or underextended to and see a breakout of that. You know, so that's one thing that, I'm looking forward to is a bit of a volatility trading. Yeah, I, I think, think like so I think once we come back next week, next Monday for, for the next podcast, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna have slightly have a clearer view, maybe potentially of, of a bit bit of long term long term view on, on the markets, slightly longer term view, if you like. I think even next um is it next Tuesday the fourteenth or what day is the fourteenth? Um that's that's next week, which yeah, Tuesday, is yeah, yeah, Tuesday. So we see the US CPI report. Uh, coming out so that's going to be a big one and that'll be a good giveaway Um, what we see from that will probably give a very clear direction of, of what's going to happen if we see higher once again then that's it I'm, I'm going to hold potentially a further longer a dollar long position I'm going to say right well well, that's it Um, if we see it coming in lower than expected then yeah that'll probably be a good indication of starting to um look at further dollar weakness Um, from that but you know go back to the question you asked you know, one trade that I'm really looking at is in the bond market I think looking to go long bonds now is a, is a very, very safe play and a very good play. Nice. On that note. <laughs> On that note, I'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Rory. Yeah. Thanks for being buddy. Thanks, John. Take care, mate.